and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard, and I'm here with my dear colleague Richard Hatchett, senior nurse editor. Hi, Richard. Hi, Flavia. Good to be back. Good to have you, as always. So the topic of today's episode is constipation. And I was just saying to Richard, prior to us coming on air here, that I found this particular interview absolutely fascinating. I mean, obviously, I do with all of our episodes. But this one was particularly a topic that was close to my heart, because constipation was something that I really suffered with when I was younger. And I just found some of the tips here incredibly useful. And I think they will speak to a lot of patients, but also, of course, be incredibly Incredibly helpful for nurses in supporting their patients. I imagine that's something that you'd agree with, Richard. Yes, absolutely. I think you're so right, Flavia. There is the issue here about what is constipation? How do you diagnose it? And beautifully linked to that, as everyone will hear, is what does the patient want to achieve and what is normal for them? And then, as you said, moving into prevention and then some great informed nursing care, as, as I would regard it. In other words, um, thinking about um, adequate fluids when you're using um, osmotic laxatives. So some great tips here. So I think people will get a lot out of this. So let's take a listen to the interview with Jenny Birch. Well, we're live in the hospital today, so you're going to hear some background noise, folks. Uh, so apologies for that. But um, we're looking at constipation today. And I always think as a registered nurse, the prevention and treatment of constipation is an essential, if not core, nursing role and skill. In fact, I personally believe that about all bowel care. Um, so today I'm thrilled to be with Jenny Birch, who's head of gastrointestinal nurse education at St. Mark's Hospital in Harrow. So welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast, Jenny. Hello, thank you for inviting me. So we've got the thrilling subject of constipation, but as I said, it is actually an incredibly important area of nursing care and and very distressing for patients who uh, suffer from that. But I suppose the first question is, is is it easy to define constipation? Because what is normal? I agree with you, Richard. What is normal? If you ask a patient what is constipation, for them it might be something simple like, I normally go every day and I haven't gone today, so I must be constipated. Whereas for healthcare professionals, there's much more rigid criteria, such as the Rome 4 criteria. I always think this, and I know we were talking about this, when I did nurse training, they went round in the first few weeks and asked every student nurse, you know, you know, when do you have your bowels open? Once a day, twice a day, etc. And there was one nurse there who said once a week. And you nodded at that. That's, is, is, is that unusual? It is considered unusual because normal is considered three times a day to three times a week but if that is how it works for that person and if they don't have pain if they don't have any difficulty evacuating at once a week then that is acceptable but it is outside the normal range. Okay we'll come back and we'll touch on normal because I know you'll talk about you know really focusing on the context the patient etc. Are there different types of constipation? Yes, there are. Um, There can be constipation for a lot of different reasons. So there could be functional constipation where we don't really know what the cause is. Idiopathic constipation is another name. Or there could be um, constipation as a result of uh, medication, for example. So you might be on opiates and you might be constipated as a result of that. So assessment's really essential so that you know what the cause might be. So if we're looking at prevention to start with, uh, and I know we may ask sort of separately on assessment or thread it through, um, 
we all learn key elements dehydration um, mobility etc are there some key elements that you want to be keeping an eye on to prevent you getting to your patient to a constipated state I think you're exactly right, Richard. Um, Constipation is often a result, not always, but often a result of minor changes in diets where you're not eating as much fibre or it might be a hot day, you've been out in, in the sunshine and you're a bit dehydrated or possibly you're a little bit less active than you used to be, you've broken a limb and you're, you've got limited mobility for a few weeks. All of these things are liable to... to um, result in constipation so often you then have to try and prevent what you know is the problem so if you know that you're not mobilizing well then maybe you do need to take a laxative or sometimes just change your diet and have a little bit more fruit juice or instead of having white bread maybe have wholemeal bread all of these can help prevent and if you know that you're looking after somebody who isn't as mobile for a reason like this then before they even get constipation prevention is absolutely ideal because treating it once you've got constipated it's a lot more uncomfortable it's a lot more difficult but if you can just prevent it by simple measures or even medication that's definitely the way to go in my eyes too just going back a step it's just something that that triggered when you were talking there is constipation in terms of definition is it going less frequently or is it I need to go but I can't go, it's, it's, it's painful to go. There isn't exactly mm. one definition but when you look at most definitions it is less frequent than three times a week, yeah. it is difficulty passing a motion, maybe you feel the need to strain, maybe the motion is hard and dry, um, that's a, a typical way that people recognise it is that it doesn't feel the same as it comes out, they're having to push a little bit harder and when it does come out it it doesn't resemble the the normal uh, feces that they usually pass. So just looking at assessment, could you go through assessment approaches, Jenny, and also what standardised tools you might want to use? There aren't any real standardised tools that everybody across uh, the hospital or even the United Kingdom uses. Uh, Most of it is part of a general nursing assessment. There is a, a brilliant tool called the Bristol Stool Chart, which also has a version for children and this has images of drawn images of um, different consistencies of bowel motion from constipated pellets all the way to brown liquid with obviously a a normal in the middle. This can be great to reduce the embarrassment when we ask a patient please could you describe what your poo looks like but uh, often the assessment will include uh, what the bowel frequency is and what the stool consistency is and if this has changed and what is normal for the patient and now what are they faced with and is this acceptable it's important to work out what the patient needs for for their own well-being because bowel motions are as we mentioned earlier very variable and going three times a day for one person is perfectly acceptable but not for another or going three times a week is acceptable for one and not for another so it's important to know what our goals are during the assessment so that we can treat appropriately. So it seems as if there's almost a partnership approach there there's two things one is the the standardized tool but there's an element there's an undercurrent there of reducing the embarrassment that people might not disclose goals and so forth 
but also that you're very much working with them because um, you know what what they want. Yeah, and that's really uh, essential, Richard. As far as I can see, patients aren't going to disclose to you intimate details about their bowel movement movements because they haven't developed a relationship mm-hmm. with you so it is very much developing a, a quick relationship so that they feel able to answer such questions um, they've always been an embarrassing topic for people to discuss it's not something that's discussed it's more and more into the social media but even so it, it tends to be sort of children making noises and that's funny mm-hmm. rather than a, a serious conversation um, even with bowel screening the the adverts had to be very carefully worded but I think nurses are great at that we we can work out by uh, assessing our patient non-verbally how they're coping with our questions so that we can word them differently so that they understand them or that they feel less embarrassed having a quiet room to do it is often useful because people might not want uh, the patients nearby or their family to hear about it but realistically um, it's it's those main things. What does it look like? How often is it working? And is this normal? And is this acceptable to them? Great. So moving on to treatments, um, somehow there there must be a staging approach because there are some gentle things and some more invasive type of things. Um, what is the um, armory of stuff that is, that is available for us? Personally, I think if we can prevent, like we mentioned earlier, that is the ideal. But simple treatments can be just changing your diet. Every day eating an extra piece of fruit, having one extra glass of water. But if those measures aren't useful, then there's obviously a whole array of laxatives. uh, And these all work in slightly different ways. So it isn't always, this will definitely work for you. Sometimes we have to try things because... If we gave someone an osmotic laxative, which obviously needs enough fluid, if the patient, although they're encouraged to drink more, doesn't drink enough, this one won't be effective for them. The same for the bulking agents. You need to have adequate amounts of fluid. Of course, if they're impacted already, where the bowel motion is solid and is not leaving at all, then you might need to work from the top as well as the bottom and use suppositories or enemas. But it's always ideal, if at all possible, to prevent or treat early rather than wait until somebody's really in trouble. There seems to be a feeling there that you don't want to be too aggressive. Is there a danger of over-treating? Of, uh, Within reason, okay. um, most laxatives will cause you a bit of abdominal pain. If you're already presenting to a nurse with pain in your stomach, then you don't want to say oh, the treatment's going to make you actually feel a bit worse to begin with. So, yes, you do have to try and work out. Um, and, and I know some people where one bulking agent per day is adequate, whereas some people need two or three. So there isn't an exact science with this. And also we're different every day. So every day we don't eat the same thing, we don't drink the same thing, we don't do the same activity. So what might work for two or three days a week might not work for for other days so I think it's important to to judge everyone individually. One thing we haven't touched on is overflow 
Um, yeah, because I just remember in, in nurse training, everybody's saying just because you've got faecal matter coming out doesn't mean they're not constipated and explaining how it all... Um, is there a comment on overflow and what that actually means to people? So that's going back to impacted. Okay. So if you've got um, a normal motion, then it's soft enough that when the peristalsis and the gut motility pushes it through it will keep moving as will the the feces behind it but if you've got a, a blockage not a blockage but if you've got a a hard lump of feces that you, your bowel gut motility isn't able to move forward then what happens is anything that can move will move and the only thing that can move near solids is liquid so what you then find is that liquid can pass around the edges of the impacted faeces. So you actually think your patient's got diarrhea because it's, of course, brown liquid, whereas it's completely the opposite. They're so bunged up that that's all that can pass. And that's a very big problem if it's not recognised because then you think they've got diarrhea and give them medication, which will actually per make the situation worse and perpetuate things um, this can be simply remedied by a simple investigation with the digit yeah. and in, you know uh, undertaking a rectal examination to see if you can feel the, the feces there and if you can you know it's overflow rather than diarrhea and that's something um I was thinking about competence in that if that's something that people are not used to doing as qualified nurses it's worth teaming up with somebody who's experienced in doing that rather than yes. a for the appropriateness of it but secondly um, um, it's not a very nice thing to do for anybody but also um, uh, to do it competently. Yes so there are guidelines and they've recently been updated from the Royal College of Nursing in the UK about digital rectal examination which is what we were just talking about um, and that gives you more guidance about it but hopefully most people were taught in their nurse training how to do these things but they might not do it regularly and they might not feel confident and no patient nobody enjoys having a finger inserted into a painful area or in fact their bottom so yes it is worth if they don't feel confident doing it with a, a colleague that does and just one thing I wanted to touch on Jenny only because I used to teach this the osmotic laxative an example is lactulose, isn't it, which um, I think the World Health Organization regards as one of the essential medicines. Um, and your point about liquid and just sort of um, making sure people have enough to drink there. I'm correct in saying it is a sugar. It's a, it's a, a sugar that's ingested but doesn't break down. So it arrives in the large bowel intact. And because it's a sugar, it draws fluid towards it and softens the bowel. So if people are not drinking enough, you're, you're drawing more fluid from them. And of course, not drinking enough is a cause of constipation in the first place. So it's yes. a funny cycle, isn't it? And that's what a lot of people might have problems with, is they buy medication over the counter. And I believe that pharmacists in um, chemists are much better than they have been 20 years ago, as our nurses are giving advice but that's something that they need to not just take a little bit once or twice, they need to do it regularly, otherwise the laxative isn't going to work and it's going to cause more problems because, as you mentioned, you can't bring water into the bowel if you're already dehydrated without causing problems elsewhere. So, yes, although it's a very good medication, very cheap, very usable, maybe not very tasty, but 
it needs to be used carefully and you do need to be aware of side effects. A classic example of informed nursing care there, I think. Yeah. Um, resources, you've touched on a lot. People list all around the world, but I suppose just be keeping up to date with, with your local guidelines and those sorts of things. Yes, um, I'm sure there's lots of different guidelines. In the UK, we have the NICE guidelines and they can be looked up uh, and they were recently updated on constipation. But the Royal College of Nursing in the UK also has guidelines and I believe the RCNI also has some uh, online Articles, tools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's plenty out there, but do make sure to assess people properly because uh, I do think that bowels, when they are not working well, can cause a lot more problems than, than we can imagine. They go all the way from the mouth to the anus, so the GI tract is incredibly important. So any final take-home tips, Jenny? My personal thoughts about constipation are try and prevent it might be something really simple like a little bit more exercise, another drink a day or changing white bread to wholemeal bread. All of these things are possible to change into your daily routine. Um, the other thing is it's important for nurses to make sure that they know what the patient wants to achieve and that they don't feel embarrassed to discuss the topic because invariably the patient will be so the nurse needs to give the demeanour that this is an okay topic to discuss and it's important to know these things to be able to move forward and find a way to help people. Uh, there are a few tools like the Bristol stool chart that we use in the UK and there are some guidelines, um, national guidelines and I'm sure local guidelines within the trust to, for nurses to follow. Lovely. Jenny Birch, thank you very much. Always good to see you. And you, Richard. Thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. And also to Jenny. Well, Richard, I'm not sure there's much more we can add to this. I think Jenny summed it up very well. I don't want to sort of overdo it, but the key message there is obviously prevention and informed nursing care and working with the patient, I think. And of course, I would just say as always that all of the resources and materials connected with this topic are available at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up on the podcast series so far. So thank you very much for listening.